I am Emily Lyons. In 2011, without a high school degree and with no money to my name, I decided to start my own business. Since then, I've built several multi-million dollar companies and I don't plan on stopping. Being a businesswoman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, survivor, and general life enthusiast, I'm endlessly jazzed by the business of life, especially the stories of extraordinary people I've had the privilege to meet along my own improbable journey to success. I don't think it's fair to keep that privilege to myself, and I think you deserve to be utterly lifted and shifted by these people too. All inspiring people are inspired people, so get ready to be inspired. What Ben Mudge has done, both physically and with his business, would be hard for anyone. He is one of the top online personal trainers with hundreds of thousands of loyal followers. But now, add in the fact that he has the terminal disease cystic fibrosis, a disease that makes it hard to just get out of bed. Ben has defied the odds and doctors. He fought back against this destructive disease that he's had since birth. A lot of you know cystic fibrosis has been something very close to my life, with both of my siblings being born with it and it ultimately taking my sister's life. So I know firsthand just how debilitating the disease is. But Ben's mission for perfect health started when Ben was a teenager and his lung function plummeted. He was hospitalized and the doctors told him he would never recover. But he proved them wrong. He began an intense diet and exercise regimen targeted at healing his body. Hitting the gym has not only given Ben an enviable physique, but has also improved his health dramatically. He has then set out to help others and show them the impossible is possible. He now works full-time as an online personal trainer while still living and overcoming CF. He has become an inspiration to millions of people that not only have a disease themselves, but might just need the motivation to overcome obstacles. He is changing the way people see and treat others with terminal illnesses. His story is brave and inspiring. Take a listen. I am so excited to be joined by Ben Mudge today. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) Now, I first came across you back in 2015, I think it was, when you started going viral with your posts and all the articles on you. Yeah. <laughs> so tell everyone who you are, what you do, and this mission that you're on. Okay. So my name is Ben Mudge. I'm from Belfast, Northern Ireland. It's probably where you're picking up the accent. I've been a personal trainer for nearly 10 years. And in the last couple of years, I've then transferred that all to being online. And my original goal was simply to be a good personal trainer in the best best I could mm-hmm. and then I realized that by me doing what I was you know just wanting to do and felt like it was necessary as in keeping myself healthy and fit for not only myself but I always thought you know personal trainer should be the fittest healthiest person in the gym in my opinion then it was inspiring other people with the condition that I have which is cystic fibrosis and that's now evolved into me being very much active in the community uh, in terms of trying to educate them where maybe education is kind of slipped or is not as up to date as it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of it. So it resulted in you very much becoming a symbol of hope, especially to an inspiration to young children with cystic fibrosis, because uh, for those who aren't familiar, like cystic fibrosis really, really affects your lungs. It affects all of your body, but it makes you very tired, very, you know, hard to breathe and hard to gain weight. So you're usually just very weak. So seeing somebody with your physique and drive is rare to never see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's pretty rare. I mean, there's, I think, I do think there's a lot more of us than, than just me. Um, in fact, there is, but I just gained some traction that, you know, exposed me to a much larger audience, which was amazing. But now I'm creating more of me, which is, which is awesome because, it, you know, again, it helps me because it shows myself that I'm not just an anomaly. I'm not just like this, this one in a million that if I can do it, everyone else can do it. And it, you know, I, I always thought that. I always thought, well, if I can do this, anyone can. It's not that hard. It's just hard work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, seeing more and more of them, you know, coming up, and, and especially my clients as well. If you get a chance to check out Ethan, I posted about him the other day. His journey, I hate saying transformation because it makes it sound a bit cheesy, but his journey so far has been incredible. And he's one of my online clients from Florida. Wow. And he has cystic fibrosis? He does, yes. Yeah. Mm. So at what point did you decide that you weren't going to just be sick? I never felt sick necessarily. You know, growing up, my parents treated me just like the way, you know, all my friends got treated by their parents. My older brother got treated the same way as me. So I was never made to feel much different. And again, I, I will always credit my parents for this because when you get older, you realize your parents are just people too. And they don't necessarily have this guidebook of how to do everything. Mm-hmm. But my parents knocked it out of the park with me. Uh, and the way they treated it and everything. So I, you know, I give so much credit to them for giving me the, the platform to then jump off myself. But I remember the first time I got hospitalized with my chest, I was 18 and my lung functions went from 100% to 66. Now to give people an idea of what 100% rep, uh, represents, it's someone my age, weight and height without cystic fibrosis. That's what their lung function would be. That's what 100% represents. So mine was 100% plus for a long, long time. And then it dropped down to 66. And the best way I can explain it is just not feeling like you can take a deep breath. It just feels like someone's pressing on your chest. So whenever you go to take a deep breath, it just catches and you can't breathe as clearly as you would like. Um, so it's quite scary. And then again, things that, that I would usually do and take for granted, like running up my parents' house you know, to the top floor, which is where my room was, I would run up that without even thinking about it. I would hold my breath without you know even realizing. But then... Mm-hmm. I remember getting to the top and being like, whew, this, that was, why am I, why is this tiring me out? Mm-hmm. But it was when I was in hospital and the doctors came in and there's a, I can still remember it so clearly. It's, it's just like scarred into my brain of these doctors all coming around. They were doing the rounds and it was actually a Canadian specialist who was treating me. You know, he's supposed to be this incredible doctor and that's what I was told. You know, this guy's amazing. And I've been in the hospital for two weeks with IVs, so an antibiotics going straight into my arm through a long line. And I've been there for two weeks, and again, that was very foreign to me, being taken out of my house and taken out of my routine to just lie in a hospital bed and mm-hmm. feel sick for the first time. And I said to them, you brought in those little med students, and they, they treat you like you're, you're, I wasn't even there, like I was behind a glass, they couldn't see me, and like one of those you know, police interrogation things. Like the two-way mirror that I, I was like, I can hear you and see you, like you're, you're two feet from the end of my bed. Talk to me like I'm here, please. Um, and I said to him, like, I was getting fed up because they said, oh, yeah, you're, you'll be out in two weeks. That day was a two-week mark. I said, look, what is happening here? My, my lung functions aren't changing. What, what are you treating me for? And they're like, honestly, uh, we're shooting in the dark. Wow. And I thought, oh, my God. Like, this is, supposed to be the, this is supposed to be the guy, and you don't even know what you're treating me for. Yeah. And then I said to him, you know, my lung functions are this low. Will they stay this low? And he said, well, yeah, there's a good chance they will. But I knew in my head that he was wrong. I just knew it because I felt, I, I, knew, I knew what it felt like to feel good and I knew that this wasn't it. 
and good is my is my standard. So I thought, nah, I'm, I'm below average here, so I know I can get back to average. And even if average is, you know, increase of 10% of my lung functions, that's still better than this. So I just knew, nah, you're wrong. I can get this back. If, if you know, you can, if a normal person can increase their lung functions and increase their fitness levels, I can do it too. And I then eventually got out of hospital, I think it was about five days later, and then went about improving my lung function by walking to my job which was down the street from my house, and then walking and then jogging a little bit and then jogging a little bit more and then walking the rest and then jogging a little bit you know, slower. And it took me months and months and months to get it back up to, to 100%, but I did. And I've done that twice, twice, three times now, actually. Oh, wow. So I kind of just, I don't know. I just, I believe the human body's far more capable than what we give it credit for. Hmm. You still take all of your treatments and medications like a normal CF patient? Yes, yes, 100%. That's one of the, the foundations of it. You can't expect to improve if you're not doing the things that are 100% necessary. That's why I get very frustrated at people who complain about situations that they have complete control over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have very limited patience when it comes to people who moan about things that they have all the power in the world to fix, but they just don't because they're, well, in all honesty, they're probably just, they get beaten up by the fact that they're not doing it and then they're, they're lazy and they can't come to terms with that because... Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has this victim mentality, um, which again is a very, a very uh, easy thing to slip into the victim mentality, and that's unfortunately the way a lot of people with CF, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, that's where they're brought up. Almost, it's like, oh, you've got something special. You're special. You know, you don't need to apply by the rules, and you know, you, you can you can do this, but you know, other people can't. Like even the way that they're taught to eat, or we are taught to eat, like it's, mm-hmm. you know, you can't get fat. Yes, we can. We're not aliens. Like I, I got a voice message from a girl this morning or a message on Instagram asking me, you know, why she was gaining weight around her stomach. And I said, you're eating too much. She had CF. And I was like, that's it. There's no, there's no nothing to do with CF. You're just eating too much. Like you're, you're getting weight on your belly because you're in a calorie surplus. Hmm. Nothing to do with CF. Just that's, that's it. What do you, what kind of diet do you have? My diet is very strange. It's not really, it's very... It works for me and I'm aware that it would not work for everyone else, which is why I never really talk about it because I'll give people the kind of skeleton of what I do and what way I approach nutrition, but I will never say I eat X, Y, and Z at X, Y, and Z times because I am aware of, you know, I'm a qualified nutritionist. I know that what works for me will not work for the person beside me or the person beside them. <laughs> but in terms of my nutrition kind of guidelines, I focus on protein. I focus on making sure I get enough protein for my body to repair and recover, not only from the gym, but just in general wear and tear. So every single meal I eat, I think, right, is where's the source of protein in this meal? Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there enough protein in this meal to you know, get me to my target that I want to get at the end of the day? Um, if there isn't, then I'll, I'll supplement it in with something else, you know, something like a protein shake, which is what you know, supplements are for, not to replace things, but to supplement a, you know, an already strong diet. But Mm-hmm. And then I just focus on trying to, you know, I, I enjoy food. I enjoy the foods I enjoy. Luckily, the foods I enjoy aren't the worst foods. And, I, you know, they aren't, aka, bad foods because we've now given food morality, apparently. You know, I'm not a big cake person or pastries or breads or, you know, I don't think what else I don't really, not really a fan of. Like takeaway meals, I'm not a big fan of those. Like my, my ultimate, I could eat sushi. All day long. <laughs> like, I could have that for every meal. I could have sushi, I could have an omelette, I could have steak. Like, I will go to the meats and the, and the really fresh meat before I go to anything. And then obviously try to maintain, eat a rainbow every day in terms of my fiber. So I'll try and eat 
you know, different colors, fruits and vegetables every day. So, you know, not the Skittles eat a rainbow. <laughs> but yeah, my, again, my diet is, you know, it works for me. I'm aware it wouldn't work for everybody. So it's, but I give my clients advice on what works for them. Yeah. Because everyone's got different tastes. Everyone's tastes evolve. You know, I hated olives growing up and I, I actually really like them. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah, it's weird. My parents used to love them, and I was like, "Ugh!" I used to try. It's weird. Like, I used to like force myself to try them because I, I really want to like these. And then eventually, just one day, I just liked them. Uh-huh. You know that that's in terms of being nutritionist. That's where it's so difficult because people want just this guideline of like you eat this, and they work. You know, diets work for a certain period of time, but for me, it's all about longevity. If it's something I can't maintain over the next six weeks, months, years, then I'm not really concerned about trying it or doing it. So what are some of the obstacles that you have with working out because of the CF? Is it a lot harder for you? This is a, this is a question I get asked a lot as well. And it's, it's always, I like it because it puts it into perspective for other people. I don't know what it's like to not have CF. Mm. So I have no idea if it's harder or easier for me or you know what it is for me. All I can judge it on is my friends who I train with. Mm-hmm. So I'll train with my friends. And for instance, I had... Two of my friends over from England. One of them is insanely fit. I mean, he, he, he was doing like, he's a fitness guy, Alex Crawford, his name is. Around 5K every day last month. He also then tried to break the world record for burpees in 24 hours. <laughs> he's a very, very generally fit guy. And then my other friend, Dan Tai, is, he's like one of the top rated CrossFit athletes in the UK. Both. Okay, so some, some fit boys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was able, and my dad is obviously much fitter, much stronger than me. But Alex, you know, I thought for me, you know, if I can keep up with Alex, I'm good. And I did. You know, I, I there's there's very little difference between Alex and I. In fact, if anything, I was maybe a bit, a bit quicker and a bit stronger than Alex. But that that's the only way of me measuring it. I look at my peers and go, okay, so if they're struggling here, and I'm struggling here, it's the only crude way of me measuring how difficult I find things, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And even in like American football, I play uh, flag and, and now I'm playing kid in football. I, again, I measure myself off everyone else. I look around and, and I'm not consciously doing this all the time, but I'll just, if I feel like, oh, maybe I'm out of breath and I'll look across and someone else is like, you know, hands on their knees, double over. <laughs> yes, you're normal. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. So again, in that respect, I, hate, I say this every time, but I hate using the word lucky. Because it's, I don't necessarily believe it's luck that I'm, I'm like this. It's, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I do admit there's a certain element of luck in terms of, you know, you know, I haven't had a chest infection or anything in so long. But again, I'm stacking the odds in my favor in terms of whether I'm unlucky or lucky by doing the things that I do every day. Absolutely. You're far less li- likely to pick something up because your immune system so strong from being so healthy. Exactly. And I, again, I touch wood, rarely get colds. You know, I'm, I'm rarely sick. When I do get sick, all my friends are like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> why Why is your note, why does your voice sound different? I was like, because it's going to block up nose. And I'm like, you never have those. Like, so it's, you know, it's so rare. Again, there's an element, of, there is an element of luck. But again, I'm, I'm you know, stacking, stacking my, my odds by doing all the whole things I do. Uh, so to answer your question, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The obstacles I, you know, face are, in my opinion, obstacles that everyone else has to face. Uh, everyone has different obstacles, and that's why I'm not really... It's why it was so hard for me to kind of embrace the whole CF thing, because I didn't genuinely feel like I was any different to anyone else, so I felt a bit... kind of had imposter syndrome, you know, where I was like, mm. all these people are looking at me like I'm some freak, you know, or not in a, in a bad way, but like a hero. Like, I mean, there's literally people that 
said, call me a hero or a superhero because of the whole Thor thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just a normal person. I'm like, I really am. I'm just doing what I deem as necessary. It's like congratulating someone brushing their teeth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you need to do it. Everyone knows you need to do it. You know, there's no song and dance about it. You just get it done. Hmm. There's some people that don't brush their teeth, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> why Thor? Because you you started dressing up as mm-hmm. Thor and posting the photos. Why did you do that? So years ago, it actually popped up on my you know the Facebook thing where it reminds you what happened. It's been going around for seven or eight years. Whenever the first Thor film, Marvel Thor film, came out, yeah, and people just said I looked a bit like uh, Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. I totally. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. He's not the worst looking dude. <laughs> uh, and then I, that happened every so often. And then I started growing my hair because I just, I just wanted to try it. I thought, mm-hmm. you know what, I'll give it a go and see if I've got the patience to get it done. And I did. When I started growing my hair, then the Thor, you know, resemblance was, was strengthened somewhat. And uh, yeah, I just, I thought, you know what, I'm going to, the Thor's Day posts started in a very, very nerdy way. I love etymology. I love like looking up where we got words from for in English. Hmm. It just fascinates me. And I was looking up the words of the week. Like, how did we, I just, I'm just, I'm like a toddler. My, my, my nephew is three and all he does is ask why. <laughs> and I just spent the last two weeks with him in Florida with all my family. And I, I just, everyone was like, everything you say is like, why? Why? And I was like, I'm doing that in my head too. But like, <laughs> I go and Google it. So I've got the, you know, the curiosity of a three-year-old. But yeah, I was looking up the words of the week and it turns out that Thursday is literally Thursday. You just change the O to, from, a, you know, from a U to an O. Mm-hmm. And then all the, week, all the days of the week are related to Norse mythology. So I was like, that's so cool. That that's you know, stayed in our vocabulary for this long, even though it's a completely different religion. And I just thought it was fascinating. So I posted that up. With a hammer that I got, a Thor's hammer, a foam one that I got from uh, visiting my father-in-law. And I posted that up and just said, Thor's Day, it actually comes from the word Thursday, blah, blah, Thor's Day, blah, 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 the other way around. And then it started going crazy. And it started getting shared everywhere. And then I started getting messages from parents whose kids had seen it. And it said like, oh, Thor, you know, Thor has CF, because they obviously knew me for the CF part of it. Mm-hmm. That happened and... Um, I thought, you know, let's just go with this. So I started then investing a bit more mm-hmm. time into it. And I bought the costume, which then I was encouraged to do by a friend of mine. And then, yeah, it was just, it's just, <laughs> I mean, who thought growing your hair on would be, would have this <laughs> effect on yeah. the world? Like, it's crazy. It's got me so many opportunities. Well, it did get me so many opportunities. I don't have it anymore. Don't, oh, have, yeah. it don't have it all. <laughs> yeah, it's because you cut your hair. Cut my hair, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Three, three years, three years of having it long. I just thought that's it, time for a change. But you still do some of the Thor pose. Yeah, yeah. I have. I was again encouraged to buy the new Thor costume because oh. Thor Jones has short hair uh, and a beard. Which, it, to be honest, I think I look a bit more like him now than I did when I had long hair. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, well, I look more like Chris Hemsworth now than I do Thor. But yeah, they're the same person. You know what I mean, though. Yes. Um, what does it mean to you when you see these little children inspired by you, these, these sick children? I will let you know when I find a word that describes it mm. because I, I genuinely am lost for words. Like I cannot even begin to scrabble together words that convey how I actually feel. It's just the most enriching. And I, it, I know it sounds weird to say this nowadays, but I was so proud of myself. Yes, as I, you like, should be. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're, you're, you're giving them hope. 
yeah, and, and you know, making them do something that that I would have loved. I would love to have had in my head. I was like, right, I'm going to do this because I would love to have seen someone like this when I was that mm-hmm. age. And I think it would have helped my parents a lot, you know, convincing me because taking your nebulizers, taking all your tablets, it sucks. Like it doesn't. It's not yes. fun. And you know, it makes you feel different to everyone in in, in a bad way. So if I could normalize it and, and even make it special. Mm-hmm. By you know, doing it, yeah, doing it as Thor. Then I thought, you know, it's take all I have to do is sit and take my nebulizers, dressed up as Thor. It's not really hard for me to do. I, I've always said that if I died tomorrow, I genuinely feel like I've left a, a little bit of a positive, you know, mm. droplet in the world. And so I'm, yeah, it's something I'm extremely proud of. I, I'm. I think I told you this, but I'm the middle child of two CF siblings, mm-hmm. and growing up, especially with my sister, who's who was born in '83. It was constantly said to her, like, you're not going to live long. You know, the CF patients, they just get sicker as they get older. And it was just this very sick, fragile mentality. And I, having so many CF friends as well, they get the idea of, well, I'm just going to get sicker. So what's the point in, you know, trying or doing these things? Because it's not going to change anything. Yeah. And you're proof that it does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no illness that is made worse by being fit and healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my I always said that it's just you know there's zero illnesses that are made that's true by just going and being healthy and eating healthy and you know I'm, I talk about mindset as well so much because the mind is I don't think they should be separate when I talk about fitness and health I'm jump, I'm lumping the mind in there too because the separated to me is, is ludicrous the fact that someone takes so much care of their health and their you know physical health and not their mental health <laughs> it is pointless it's like having a car with you know the part, everything, everything amazing, and having no steering wheel. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, what's the point? It just it just looks great on the on the outside, and you know, maybe in the inside, but whenever you get to actually control it, you can't control it. So, what's the point? Uh, so, I lump mental health into into fitness and health in general because, to me, my mindset is what has gotten me to where I am today. Because without my mindset, I wouldn't be doing the stuff I'm doing. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have is- the drive to push behind it. Because I'm sure there's days like everybody else has where you just want to quit. Yeah. But I know in my head, the word quit doesn't, when you said that, I actually haven't thought of the word quit in so long. Hmm. Now that that you've just said that, it's kind of a bit of an epiphany. I I haven't haven't used that vocabulary in my head in years and years and years. Hmm. I'm only just realizing that now. But yeah, it's just not an option for me. I just don't see it. It's like you've got, you know, you think about multiple choice. There's no multiple choice for me. It's just choice. (laughs) Like there's just one tick box. It's a very easy test to pass because there's only one choice for me. I don't see the other, you know, air quotes choice as being an actual legitimate choice because it's not. It's literally lying down and dying, which, you know, that's kind of against human nature. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Literally what we are built to do is is to survive. So it goes against every fiber of my being to Mm -hmm. just get up or quit. One of the things that, you know, people don't think about is the mental effects that having a terminal disease has on people. You know, it's not often talked about and open about. And I'm sure that that aspect of things has affected you as well. Yeah. Again, I'm grateful I can say this, but it's it's kind of a double-edged sword that, but I'm grateful the fact that my mental health has been more affected by CF than my physical health. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, in the sense that, you know, again, being told that your life expectancy is 40s and I'm 30 next March, mm-hmm. it's always in the back of your mind. It doesn't matter how 
you know, positive who you are, it's always in the back of your mind. You're like, oh God, what, what's, what's my life going to be like? How, mm-hmm. how am I going to, you know, what way am I going to go out of this, this world? Yes. Am I going to look like the way I looked? You know, uh, you know, it's so, so much swirls around in my head. But again, my, the one thing I'm so grateful for is my ability to just step back out of my own brain and just have self-awareness and be like, right, stop thinking this because it's not doing you any favors at all. You need to just stop this. And I have a very visual imagination and the way I imagine it, there's a negative thought or something to do with my CF that's not going to benefit me in any way. I know that there's lots of negative, you know, again, I'm air quoting on a podcast. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> you know, there's so many negative experiences that educate you as a person and give you what I call like emotional intelligence, you know, so you can have, you know, you have empathy because you've kind of, you know, been through things. So you've got more, you've got more empathy for other things, but sometimes there's, you've got nothing to learn from these experiences. And those are the, those are the occasions where I just, in my head, I've got a goldfish bowl. You know, it's like goldfish bowls that have all the like little colored, multicolored pebbles at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very visual, but all those little pebbles at the bottom are memories that I need to have, you know, negative experience, a positive experience that there will make me who I am and give me my emotional intelligence and empathy. Now, if something gets to the bottom of there, it stays there because that's it. That's it's in my system. It's not part of me. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my best friends passing away when I was when he was 17 and I was 18. That's down there because that gives me so much appreciation for life and it taught me that I need to take my CF seriously. But it, it taught me so much that needs to be there. Did uh, he have CF? No, no. He, he uh, His intestines were twisted and he went through surgery to fix them and they messed it up and he died. Wow. So again, a very overall ne- negative experience, but I, it's taught me something. So there's a you know, there is a positive in there somewhere, as dark as that sounds, but you know, there was. They gave me such an appreciation for life and made me, you know, push myself a little bit more and realize that damn life is very, very short. Um, mm-hmm. So again, positive. But for instance, when I see on Facebook that someone has passed away from CF, I imagine it in my head dropping into this goldfish bowl and it will float and it's just slowly bobbing from left to right on its way down. And I will, if I think, you know what, that needs to be there, I'll let it and I'll sit and I'll think about it. And then I'll go on the rest of my day. However, if I think nah, that's not going to do me any good today or that's not going to do me any good at all, I visually imagine myself reaching into that little fishbowl, catching that stone and just flicking it away. Hmm. And I, I don't know where I got this from, but I just, it's just the way I deal with things. And I've done that so many times with so many occasions and it's helped me so much because it just feels like I'm, just, I'm, I'm ridding myself of it. And it's just like, you know what, you know, I don't need this. I already have, you know, I'm already full up on you know, gratitude of life, but it's a, uh, it works for me. Um, and again, it sounds like a very selfish thing, but I think with this illness, you need to be selfish. You need to, you know, I think yeah. just in general, people need to be a bit more selfish. Selfish has a very negative connotation to it, but even self-focused is even not great. But That's an interesting, yeah, point. That selfish it, as in the, the way that we take care of ourselves. Yeah. Like I did a talk once and I said, what's the first thing that when a plane is going down, what's the first thing they would say about your oxygen mm. mask? Put okay, it on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're not functioning to your best abilities, you're robbing everyone else of you, of the best version of you. Mm-hmm. So take some time, take as much time as you need to make sure that you are happy and you're healthy because it's your life. You know, you only get one of them. So again, don't be a dick. <laughs> but like, you know, don't be, don't be that person. Just look after yourself. Make sure that your health is, is you know, one of your number one priorities, both physically and mentally. 
because it gives the world better people. You know what's what's weird? I I was watching one of the interviews with you, and they were asking if you had survivor's guilt. And I always find that to be a very strange question because growing up, I always got, and I still get asked, you know, do you feel bad that you didn't get CF? Yeah. You know, as if, as if we could help, you know, this situation. And, or I, I feel like they're insinuating that you should feel guilty, you know, or you should feel bad, like you've done something wrong. And I've never really got that question, you know, understood why people ask or think that way. That's a horrible question to ask you. <laughs> I get asked it. I've gone asked it so many times. When I'm a little kid, they're like, do you feel bad that you're you're the only one that's healthy? Oh, my word. That's terrible. <laughs> Why would you do that? Uh, uh, no, well, because I, I couldn't control my siblings being sick. It's like saying, are you annoyed that you're the, you're the height that you are? <laughs> well, um, I am annoyed, but... <laughs> Me too. My dad's six foot three and I'm five eight, so yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom's five foot two, so it's, you know, I kind of landed more so in the upper end of the middle, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, you know what, I do get survivor's guilt, hmm. but I know it's a silly thing to feel because, again, I say there's nothing I can do about it, but I am doing everything I can. You are, you're inspiring people to live a healthier life and be stronger. Yeah. So whilst, yes, when I see people passing away who are younger than me or have the same mutation as me, or any, you know, anyone who, had, who passed away with CF, I think, oh, I feel so, so, I feel so bad for them. But if anything, I just think, you know, I, I'm just grateful for what I have. And it just strengthens that. And again, I, I don't think enough people are grateful for what they have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What uh, mutation do you have? Delta 508? Yeah, times mm-hmm. two. I can never remember the actual pattern of it. I had to actually Google it the other day because I didn't want to get it wrong. I just know it's, yeah, Delta 508 times two, but I knew it's like F, is it F508 Del times two? I think that's how you write it correctly because I had a, a teacher who was asking me the exact mutation. He was teaching a science class about it and I didn't want to get it wrong. So I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, what did, I've never heard of the times two. What does that mean? That's, I've got two copies of it. Oh. So you can have one copy of it. You can have, that's why it's so diverse because it's genetics. So I have two copies of that same gene where you can have one copy of the fibroid gene and then one copy of the, uh, the Celtic gene or a random other mutation. Hmm. Yeah. But the, the one I have is the most, I think it affects 50% of the population with CF. So it's very, very hmm. common. For sure. The most common one. And I think if you are going to have CF, you would probably most likely want to have that mutation <laughs> just because yeah. that's where they put all the... All the research. Yeah, a lot of the research and the funding. Have you gotten access at all to Trikafta? Nope. The new gene modulator? They... I haven't actually had anything. I haven't heard anything about it from my doctors. Again, I'm very fortunate in the fact that I am very rarely at the hospital. I'm there every three to four months Mm -hmm. for my checkups. And it's usually a... Again, I appreciate this so much. It's usually a good job. Keep doing what you're doing. Off you go. (laughs) You know, I don't think there's any immediate rush for me to get on anything because my health is so is so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all the all the stuff that's coming out for it is so exciting. Uh, a couple of my online clients are actually going through it at the moment, so they're going through all the gene modulators and stuff. So it's kind of interesting to see how it affects them. I think it, the first step to a cure. Yeah, hundred percent. It was that breaking that initial barrier of funding them and realizing that how much of an effect it's going to have, mm-hmm. and all it does is open it up for competition. Which is great because competition, you know, is gonna 
increase the quality of the drugs, the mm-hmm. price of the drugs. But yeah, I, I believe that too. It's, I think it's a, it's a while off, but it's a lot closer than it was even five years ago now with this these being put through. But We're struggling in Canada because the government here has really messed it up with coverage. They, they haven't even, Vertex hasn't even submitted Trikafta to Health Canada for approval because we still don't have coverage for our combi or some deco, a bunch of the older meds. So they've kind of felt like there's no point, I guess. Because now if you want to get it, unless you're getting it on a compassionate prescription, you've got to pay for it. And it's about 250000 a year. So right now the community is kind of bound together and really pushing to try to get the government to act and do something before the drug companies just don't bring things to Canada at all for CF patients. That's scary. That's pretty much exactly what happened in the UK and then Mm -hmm. eventually it happened. And they had to do like heavy protesting. Big time. Yeah. It was all over the news. And I think that Canadians are just too nice because, you know, they don't want to ruffle feathers and because I, I had organized a protest and then, some of the CF families were like, oh, let's wait a bit and then, you know, we'll we'll use it as a last resort. Yeah. People are dying. I'm pretty sure it's time to pull out all the stops here. Yeah, you can't really be patient about something like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it needs a rare disease strategy is what they need to encompass everything. So what is your mission going forward? My mission has changed considerably this year. I, again, I initially was just wanting to be a good personal trainer, online coach. That, that was just what I wanted to do. I wanted to help everybody, mm-hmm. regardless of that, CF or not. And then I, I took a conversation with one of my one of my mentors, just the, and he's just like, why are you not doing CF stuff? Yeah. I just said, look, to be honest, it scares me. I'm not going to lie about that. It scares me. The idea of working with someone and then them passing away oh, or okay. them signing up with me and thinking that I'm some form of Masonic figure that's going to just magically heal their lungs that is a lot of pressure on me and it was just it was pressure that i just was scared of <laughs> there's nothing there's no two ways about it i was just scared of that mm-hmm. and he says but you're thinking about like the small amount of people and he says you are you're going to help so many more people mm-hmm. by doing this and he says and look you know someone may pass away someone you know but you've created a community of people who will be strengthened by something like that and, and want to fight more so by not doing it, you're doing the world a massive disservice by not telling them and, and educating them on what can be done. I have no issues crying, none whatsoever. I think it's I think it's so stupid that there's this thing that men can cry. I think it's nonsense. Yeah. I think if you can if you can laugh, you should be able to cry. They're just both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So by that, if you aren't allowed to laugh, cry as a man, you should not be allowed to laugh. That's how ridiculous it is to me. But I have not cried as much in that in those two weeks. I decided that I was going to do this, wow. just because there's so many people. When I when I decided it, so many people, you know, from the CF community reached out to me, and even people without it. Like for instance, I, I've been posting a lot more about CF, obviously, because I'm now working with a lot more people CF. And I got a friend uh, who who runs a podcast as well, Brian Keane, over he's down in Southern Ireland. Okay, he messaged me, voice note just sent me. I just wanted to say I absolutely love what you're doing. It lights up my day. He has a his cousin had CF, um, and he just said, "Look, just keep doing what you're doing." I like put all your all your posts and notifications so that it pops up on my phone because it just makes mm-hmm. my day so much better. And this is a guy who's just a normal, healthy, fit person who's your know, cousin had CF. And messages like that, like again, it's seen. I just appreciate that so much that someone's taking the time out of their day to message me and, and tell me something like that because 
it makes such a difference. But then the messages I got from people CF are just incredible. I mean, one of my clients, Johnny uh, Langendorf, he's actually a guy from Texas. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he, um, the crazy story about him, he's actually, he was actually involved in one of Texas's biggest shoot, uh, shootings. He was actually one of the heroes who stopped the shooter. Wow. Yep. So uh, he basically, a guy was sh- shooting up a church, I think it was, and he killed a bunch of people. And then Johnny was on the highway, and this guy who was uh, shooting at the shooter, who was in bare feet and everything, didn't even get put t- take time to put his shoes on, ran up to Johnny's car and said, that guy just shot up the church. Let's go get him. And Johnny didn't even hesitate. He just drove straight after him. <laughs> Managed to get him off the side of the road, and then they, the police came and did what they do the shooters funny yeah so anyway yeah i know (laughs) since working with me so this guy he's calling me his hero like i facetimed him while he was in the hospital and he was just like dumbstruck the fact that he was speaking to me and i was like dude you're you're a legitimate hero i just dress up as one like (laughs) like, you actually are a hero and he's just like no no man you're you're legitimately my hero like i I can't say that enough. And anyway, long story short, he since working with me, he's now increased his lung function by nearly a liter. So he's put 1.8 liters into his lung function. From wow. just and he's gained, I think he was like two pounds of muscle. And his doctors, are, literally he went for his check and the doctor's like, what have you been doing? <laughs> working. And he's like, I'm working with Ben Mudge. And they were ecstatic at the fact that I, he was working with me because <laughs> there's doctors in Texas who knew who I am, which is absolutely crazy to me. So... Yeah, it's my, my life, my, my mission now is just to help as many people CF as I can and um, educate them as well because I definitely feel like the education system when it comes to CF is severely lacking. Um, it, needs up- it needs some serious updating. Yeah. And again, it, the more people I, the more superheroes I can create, the more they're going to have to start listening because they're like, oh, actually what he's doing is working. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's so good whenever my clients get results because personally to me, it just means so much more because again, it proves to me I'm not the only person in the world that this works for. Mm-hmm. CF is such an isolating illness for me anyway. You know, you obviously, your siblings, yeah. both have, so they're, you know, they're very, very close obviously. But to me, I knew no one growing up with CF. I didn't know anyone at the clinics. You literally were shuffled in and out. You barely even saw each other. So it was so isolating. And mm-hmm. again, my clients, they said the best thing about working with me is I, I have a group WhatsApp with all my CF clients in it. And they said uh-huh. that's one of the best things about this, you know, working with me is the fact that they now can speak to people about what they have. And a lot of them actually never spoke about their CF to anybody. Oh, really? Yeah. They kept it quiet. They didn't tell anyone because they're, they're worried. And I totally understand this. I, I've never been this way, but they are worried that people will judge them or mark them because of it. So for instance, Dean, one of my clients, he works for independent wrestling shows. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want people to pity him or, you know, he doesn't want to handicap himself by telling them he has CF. Yeah. And whilst I understand that, I'm like, you do realize they, they won't do anything. If anything, they'll just be more compassionate towards you and, and you know, more empathetic towards you. So unless you don't want that, then that's fine. You know, don't, don't tell them, but Again, I understand it, but it, it's so nice to see them all interacting with each other and helping each other. Again, one of my clients, Joe, is a young guy, 19, signed up straight away, which I, again, blew to my mind that a 19-year-old, well, he's 19 in two weeks, but, you know, an 18-year-old kid then, he signed up to online coaching, which is, you know, it's not cheap. It's not expensive, but it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. It's definitely. And he was just like, no, I'm, yeah, I'm doing this. And I was like, wow, this kid's got enough, you know, foresight and kind of mature enough to realize that this is actually going to benefit him in the long term. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he basically wasn't feeling great, so he hadn't messaged into the group for a while. And I spoke to him in our catch-ups and said, what's up? And he's like, oh, I haven't been, you know, I haven't been feeling well. I said, message the group. And he's like, oh, no, I don't want to bring the group down by, by telling them I'm not doing great. And I was just like, you do realize that's not what would happen. Mm-hmm. If you mess that group, let's play this through. You message that group that you're saying you're not feeling well. What do you think is going to happen? He's just like, oh, they'd probably message me and you know, cheer me up. I was like, yeah, so do it. <laughs> and I want you to take your treatments and I want you to send a photo in of you doing your treatments. And I want you to say to everybody, if I don't send myself, if I don't send in a photo of myself doing my treatments, get on my back, please. And they did. <laughs> so he did. He took, he took his photos. One day he missed it. And another one of my clients, David, he messaged saying, yeah, everything okay? And he's like, actually, yeah, I'm just super busy at, at college. I've done them all. Thank you so much for checking in on me. I find with my brother when he gets really down then he just he doesn't want to do his treatments when he gets in that that headspace and then of course it leads to getting sicker and it's a bad spiral and i've you know, I have friends that go through that too i have a, a friend he was on podcast actually and he stopped taking his anti-rejection after his lung transplant because he was just you know the mental part of it the yeah it's crazy for us because we're not well, i say us because i see myself as normal thankfully but Mm-hmm. You know, we're not in that situation. Mm-hmm. And it's great for us to look at and I'd be like, why on earth are you not doing the thing that you are fundamentally supposed to do? But then you realize that this is where mental health comes into it. Like, just because you think one way doesn't mean everyone thinks that way. In a position where he felt like that was the right decision, even though it definitely is not. I think that's why it's so important to see people like you because it's so drilled into their mind that that now they're starting to feel sick and this is the beginning of the end because that's the only outcome for CF patients. You're just going to get sicker. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah. It's, um, unfortunately it's just a human, it's human nature. It's like, and I relate this back to the gym. People stop going to the gym because they, they maybe went for two, maybe four, maybe even six weeks mm-hmm. and they are getting the results that they are expecting because of, Social media is kind of a big, big part to blame. But they're also comparing their chapter one to people's chapter 30. Yes. And, and they're, they're like, also just looking at the highlight reel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the photos I post up on Instagram, I'm not, you know, the photo that I put up may be one of 30. Not 30, I'm not. One of, <laughs> one of, one of four. Maybe I'll take about four photos and I'll be like, eh, that's it's one. probably one of 400. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, you, you want to put up the best image of yourself because that makes you feel happy so there's nothing wrong with that but making sure people are aware of that and, and the fact that people aren't aware of that is kind of scary but as i said like people who go to the gym for two four six weeks and don't get the results they want they're like screw this and just throw it in the bin you're like mm-hmm. you do realize it takes years and years and years of getting to where you want to be mm-hmm. and I, I say this all the time people are oh you're so lucky you're so gifted i'm like no i'm not i put in 14 years of work this this body I have is a representative of how much it's you know how much time and effort and sweat and blood sometimes I've put in. Like so, whenever I'm proud of my physique, a lot of people look like, oh, so vain, so vain. I'm like, no, I'm proud of the work I've done. If you went to mm-hmm. a sculptor and they said I spent 14 years making this, you'd be like, oh my goodness, that is incredible that like, you mm-hmm. spent so much time. And even if they said I spent an hour five days a week for 14 years. If you take out the context, you know, you take out bodybuilding or, or you know, going to the gym, I don't mean bodybuilders and getting on stage. I just mean the simple mm-hmm. process of building your body. Mm-hmm. If you take that out and you put that, you know, if I said I did something for 14 years, for one hour a day, five days a week, 
regardless of what it is, you'd be like, that is impressive. That is some commitment. But as soon as you bring it to your body, people are out of your vein. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, it's just, it's just the, it, it's frustrating as anything because, again, if I take my shirt off when it's a warm day, people are like, oh, he's so, he's so arrogant, he's so vain. I think it's probably a lot of a jealousy factor as well. 100%. Um, you know, whereas a person who's massively overweight takes their shirt off right beside me, no one bats an eyelid. Well, yeah, and you have to be positive. You have to be body positive. But it's like yeah. being inclusive and body positive should include everybody. Mm-hmm. And especially for somebody who is working so hard to keep their body healthy, yeah. be, you know, extra again, praised. Yeah, and again, in my head, like my body and how I look means so much more to me than what people necessarily get. Like for me, when I wake up in the morning and look at myself in the mirror, if I look strong and I look like, you know, I want to look like a superhero. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I wanted to do when I was older or when I was a kid, you know, I wanted to look like one. Mm-hmm. And now I can kind of say I do look a bit like one. Yes, you do. <laughs> that, people don't have any real understanding of how much that helps me mentally what I'm dealing with because if I feel strong and look it's like putting on a you know for a woman for example if you put on a really nice dress or a really nice outfit you feel good you just like I look I, I, I look yes. good I, you've got your confidence that, and your strength and your exactly the same wow. so that's you know that's the frustration I face again I'm very very fortunate in the fact that my social media does not really generate any real negativity mm-hmm. which again I know that with a platform I've been given of that the size like that's rare, but yeah, it's something I still have to face. I know it's a very first world problem, but you know, it's still a problem. It's still, it's, it's still, still bullying. Then you've got more yeah. important things to deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and someone being jealous. So now, where can people find more about you? Instagram, probably the best place. It's the place I kind of update the most, uh, and that's just at Ben Mudge underscore. Someone has taken Ben Mudge. <laughs> hasn't used it in like five years. No! Yeah. Ben Mudge, if you're listening, we need I, your Insta handle. So I was just like, come on, Instagram, do something like this. But they kind of, they've posted like three photos. No, not, it's one. They've posted one photo because I just oh. checked and I just can't get it. So it's, for, the, for the meantime, it's underscored at the end. And then, it sounds like boring, but that's about it. Uh, awesome. my, website, my website's on my Instagram, so you know, I'm not going to give you a full HTP, you know. <laughs> just, yeah, if, if anything, it's, it's usually Instagram is the best place to get. And if you've got cystic fibrosis, you can listen to this. Uh, I've got a private Facebook community for people with cystic fibrosis. All you need to do is go on Facebook, type in cystic fibrosis health and fitness, and then you can apply to join. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to yeah. get my brother to join that. That'd be great. You're amazing. Thank you so much for everything you do for not just the CF community, but for for the world. You're inspiring so many people. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that.